0: We're continuing through the book of Proverbs and today we're looking at uh, the concept of our soul and keeping our soul healthy by keeping our souls wise. And the theme verse is 423, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And what we find through these verses is that the heart needs to be confident, the heart needs to be controlled, the heart needs to be contented, and the heart needs to be counseled. So let's look first at the heart needs to be confident. Many times, most of us, I would say, Uh, gauge happiness by circumstance. We say, I'll be happy if, I'll be happy when, I'll finally feel good about things when, or maybe, like especially during COVID, uh, when this is over, I'll be able to be happy again. But happiness, according to scripture, is not based in circumstance, but based in the condition of our souls. Verse uh, 22 of chapter 17, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A broken body endures if there's a strong spirit, But a broken spirit overwhelms the whole person and we've seen this when someone has confidence they can uh, go through all kinds of terrible things and still maintain joy but even when things are going well if a person can't have or doesn't have that sense of joy they can't endure much of anything and It's important to understand, and and especially we learn this through looking at the the prayers of of St. Paul as he writes to the churches. He never, ever prays that uh, things would go easily for them, that there would be uh, an end to uh, some trial they're going through. What he prays for them is for their souls, for their spirits. Uh, A couple prayers from Ephesians, first from chapter 1. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. And then um, from Ephesians chapter three, may have power together with all God's all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge Paul prayed for their spirits for their souls Paul prayed that they would be strong in their relationship with God and that he because he knew that that strength is what they really truly Needed, And that's true for us as well. And Proverbs uh, tells us that too, that it is much more important that our souls be settled, that our spirits be connected, that our hearts know the promises of God and live with the confidence that those promises give us than it is for everything to go well in our lives. The condition of our soul is based on our relationship with God and Paul knew that it was vital that the people to whom he wrote have a strong relationship with God, and to that end, he prayed. Verse 28, or chapter 28, verse one, which was read the wicked flee though no one pursues but the righteous are as bold as a lion so once again we know that our soul the condition of our soul is most important for us for our spiritual health and and as we see in many of these verses even for our physical health and what we see in this verse is the one who is not righteous is always afraid unable to trust But the one who is righteous is as bold as a lion. Now, that's not just about personal um, confidence or lack of confidence. What it's about is our walk with God and our relationship with God. And when we are confident in our relationship with God, we can be bold and our hearts can be strong and we can be confident. Uh, Hebrews says um, we can boldly approach the throne of grace because of what Jesus Christ has done. So if you are in Christ, you are righteous. You are one of these that can uh, be bold as a lion. So remind yourself of God's truth, of God's promise, and may your heart be confident and I encourage you go back later today and through the week and look at those prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and allow Paul and me and your brothers and sisters in the church to pray that prayer for you so that you may develop confidence in God's love and mercy toward you. Our hearts are to be confident. Secondly, our hearts need to be controlled. An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. The one who doesn't control their temper causes all kinds of problems. We looked at that a few weeks ago and we looked at anger. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. In other words, um, if you lack self-control, you have no defenses because you don't defend yourself and you you present yourself as weak. But if you can develop self-control, you are stronger than one, a warrior that can take a city. And that is, it's so important for us to continue to learn to control, to control those impulses, be they anger or whatever they might be, to say, no, I don't go by my impulses, I live by the word of God. Throughout Proverbs, we find that the idea of trusting our emotions as our directing force, the directing force of our lives, is foolish, There was a time when we talked about this a few weeks ago, too, when um, the popular culture said, just express whatever feeling you have. That's the best way to live. And since then, the psychological community has said that is not the best way to live. It is actually destructive. So scripture has stood the test of time in telling us to control our emotions, not to immediately jump with whatever impulse we might have, but to Consider the truth of God as the force and the truth around which we build our lives. It's interesting, a passage that um, I think many of us maybe haven't noticed before, but in Genesis chapter 4, after uh, Cain uh, brings his sacrifice and his brother brings his sacrifice, uh, Cain was upset. Um, And the Lord said to Cain, this is verse 6 of chapter 4 of Genesis. Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. God did not say, Cain, I don't accept you. He just didn't accept the sacrifice. And all Cain needed to do was bring another sacrifice and it would have been accepted. But instead, he allowed his jealousy uh, toward his brother Abel, whose sacrifice was accepted, to cause him to be angry and to cause him to murder. But God had warned him. God had said, you don't need to let sin win. But Cain disregarded God's counsel and ended up doing a terrible thing. Now, it's important, I think, for us to understand throughout these verses, especially as I continually focus on uh, 423, above all all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And uh, the word heart in our common usage is has a different meaning than what heart means uh, in the Old Testament scriptures and even the New Testament scriptures. It's important for us to understand that because I think most of us think heart means emotion. So when we read guard your heart, we guard our emotions, which is a good thing to do, but the heart is more than our emotions. In fact, in um, Old times, uh, the the stomach was thought to be the source of emotions. You have a gut feeling, you know. Well, that and the word um, for in Greek for feel uh, for compassion is splagno, which means intestines, because that's where they figured the the feelings came from. And of course, the mind is where the thoughts are. The heart was more than just the place where feelings were. The heart is considered to be the directive. Uh, mechanism of the, of the person, us, our soul, our sense of what is right and what is wrong that then takes the thoughts and takes the feelings and directs them uh, in the proper way to go. And those of us who know the truth of God's word have a way to direct our soul to direct to then direct our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. As we learned, wisdom is having the right thoughts, but then having the right actions. And to understand the truth of God's word and God's promises is the way for us to help, help the rest of us know the right thing to do. And that is because we know the big story. We know that we are fallen creatures. We don't trust all of our impulses because we know that um, sin has entered humanity. We are not uh, the way we should be. But we also know that Jesus Christ came to pay the price of that sin. And all those who are in Christ are made new. We are forgiven of all of that sin. So we live in this new story where we know that sin still exists within us and that one day it will be gone, but because of what Jesus Christ has done and will do in the new kingdom. But right now, we know that we have to guard our hearts, control our hearts, and we control our hearts by understanding the, the overarching story of creation, fall, and redemption with the promise of God's eternal kingdom. Miroslav Wolf said it this way, the certainty of God's just judgment at the end of history is the presupposition for the renunciation of violence in the middle of history. So in other words, because we know that God will ultimately make everything right. We know that it is not our job to fight back, to work out of undisciplined emotions. But as uh, Paul said in, in Romans 12, we do not take vengeance, but trust in the time when God's justice and God's judgment Will make all things right. Next, our hearts need to be contented. And these, this we find in uh, chapter twenty-seven, verse four. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Now, we often think anger and fury are much bigger than jealousy, but what what the the psalmist understood, or the um, writer of Proverbs understood, is that Jealousy is deeper. It burns under the surface. It's not always seen, but it impacts the heart in a very, very destructive way. So while anger we see and fury we see, jealousy just lingers and causes people to do all kinds of horrible things. But listen, Then to uh, verse 30 of chapter 14, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. And then parallel passages from chapter 23 and chapter 24. From chapter 23, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. And then from chapter 24, do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked for the evildoer has no future hope and the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out. The same way we control and and seek contentment is the same way we control um, our hearts by remembering the big story. These two passages uh, from chapter 23 and chapter 24 remind me of Psalm 73, my favorite psalm, in which the psalmist, Asaph, looks around and he sees people who are dishonest, he sees people who are arrogant and boastful, and he sees that they are seeming to win the day. People like them. People follow them. They get more and more wealth. They get more and more health. And Asaph looks around. He said, Lord, is it, is it a waste of my time to follow you, to trust in your goodness? And then he says, until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, And then I understood, and he understood the very same thing that we find in these verses from Proverbs. The end, look at the end. Look at what ultimately will happen and trust in God's ultimate justice. And then as you trust that justice, just like Asaph discovered, you... um, turn away from looking around at everyone else and you look up to God and then you discover the joy and wonder of a relationship with God And and a person with a strong relationship with God is a person who is content then the heart needs to be counseled the heart needs to be confident The heart needs to be controlled, the heart needs to be contented, and the heart needs to be counseled. Verse four of chapter 15, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. 1530, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. And then 1624, gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones be careful little ears what you hear be careful to listen and to know God's word and all those other voices from outside and inside you can say, no, I don't don't listen to those voices. I don't orient my life around those voices. I orient my life around the truth that God has revealed. And we have to continually counsel ourselves, remembering that God's word is good. God's word is life-giving. And it is important for us to hear his word, and that word will bring joy to our hearts. It will bring healing to our hearts and even to our bodies as we trust in God's goodness and God's truth. But it also reminds us that we need to guard our mouths. We can use our mouths to bring healing. Our voices can bring this good news that this passage talks about. The light in our eyes when we tell people the good news of the gospel, that we tell people the good news of God's love for them, bring, can bring joy to their hearts. And this good news brings health to their bones. And it's interesting here in verse fifteen, four. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, and that word "tree of life" reminds us of the tree of life in the garden of Eden, the tree of life that we is referenced in Revelation, and that tree of life is the source of life, the source of um, settledness, the source of joy, the source of everything good. And in this world, we have moments, don't we, where we get a new car. We are starting a new relationship, hopefully those of you who are married are not starting new relationships, but remember back when and we 're going to talk about that more some some more next week, so uh be ready for that but anyway, the point is um, that newness feels so good it feels everything feels wonderful, but then the newness wears off, and what Scripture tells us is this the tree of life, in other words, what existed in the garden, and we had to be pushed away from it with uh, the images of swords keeping us from that tree of life. Because if we take the fruit of the tree of life now, before the kingdom comes, we'll be stuck where we are. But that tree of life promises us joy and peace and just exhilaration for all eternity and so when we see this a soothing word is a tree of life it's a taste of God's glorious kingdom Uh, our words can give people a taste of God's glory and we have the opportunity with our words to bring healing and blessing to others and something I said a few weeks ago and we'll say again we have to use our words on ourselves too, to counsel ourselves, to tell ourselves the truth, to preach the gospel to ourselves over and over again. Because we have voices within us and voices from outside of us who tell us we're not worthy, who tell us that. Um, such and such a thing will be the the thing that brings us ultimate joy and peace. When scripture tells us that, no, a relationship with God, a settledness of heart, uh, a a refusal to uh, be discontented with God's goodness and grace exhibited to us is the way to live. And with so many voices telling us so much different, even voices from within ourselves planted there many, maybe decades ago. It is important for us to remind ourselves, God loves you. God has brought salvation to you through Jesus Christ. And God promises to you the fulfillment of all your heart's desires in part now and in fullness when his kingdom comes, when it comes in its fullness. So guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your soul, have a wise soul, a soul oriented around the promises of God.